You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Wow, I was waiting for some music. Okay, okay there we go. I was going to start, because we got a pendant in this house, and we are playing some Led Zeppelin, because that's what you do when you get pendants. You blast yeah. the Led Zeppelin. You rock it out. Rock it out. I mean, we were thinking since I've been loving you, because that's the song that they start with, but Cashmere's pretty awesome, too. So, guys, we're <laughs> speaking of Cashmere, After Buzz is for doing, and we're, do- Bing is for doing, and we're doing the After Buzz episode, Cashmere for Revolution, sitting across from me. The always lovely Daryl Kristen. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> but even lovelier with those brand new earrings. Oh. You see those? Kristen Snyder. <laughs> Trying to change it up for you guys. What's up? <laughs> and guys, I am Dave Klein, and we're here to talk about Led Zeppelin. Dave, I mean, Revolution. Show them your earrings. <laughs> You can't handle these earrings. You That's can't even amazing. handle. They're actually see-through earrings. He, he, okay, he doesn't have new earrings, but he does have a new bracelet on this evening. You do. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Straight from Peru. I like it. So, let's get on to the episode. So, guys, we're going to start with the B story and Led Zeppelin. Since I've Been Loving You is the introduction as is playing as we see Rachel Matheson working on something. And there's they have electricity in the room. And Captain Tom Neville comes in, introducing Captain Burke to Rachel. And they're kind of talking about what this is that she's working on. And first, she has the whole introduction of how the pendant works. So we see clearly that Aaron really just had no idea how to work the pendant because Rachel can use it at will. But it has a very short range, 9 to 10 feet specifically. And she is supposedly working on a booster, an amplifier to boost the range. (laughs) What did you guys take from this scene? What did you guys take away? Uh, I mean, I believed her. Yeah. I totally believed that she was working on an amplifier. I didn't think that it was anything other than what she had been explaining, because she explained it twice. She had a pretty good story. Yeah, it never crossed my mind that she would be doing anything shady with shady. that particular yeah. amplifier. I mean, she you know, she was really working hard on it. She, she, was, she was making it happen. I totally bought into it as well, and man, I never knew Rachel was so handy. She can really build, and... Yeah. I guess that's what she's been doing for those 10 years is just working in the tool shed. Because, I mean, that's a lot of, to remember after 10 years of not doing anything. I mean, where do you get these bomb-building skills? Yeah. I mean, I know today, Danielle and I, we uh, we wanted to practice our, our shot. We wanted to be sharpshooters. So we went over to Pins in Studio City, and we played, like, House of Dead uh, Zombie Apocalypse. And now we are the uh, highest scorers you can call there for our references. So what you're saying is I need to go there and take that down because <laughs> that's what's going to happen now. Exactly. But, like, they wouldn't teach us how to build bombs at Pins Studio City. 
Well, I mean, obviously, it's just a skill you pick you up. Post- There's no, like, game there to teach us how to build bombs. Post-revolution, that's just what happens, is you clearly learn bomb building skills. Don't you learn those things from, like, video games, though? Isn't that what video games teaches us today? Well, I've never learned how to build a bomb in a video game. You not me that yet. But yeah, okay. so maybe um, when the terrorists make a video game, that's what the terrorist game will be. Maybe. Yeah. That's a reference to the day's events in South California, by the way. <laughs> so but she definitely knew what she was doing. She was she was working it out. Yeah, and definitely a lot better than I'd ever have thought she was. Mm-hmm. But the scene that we get right afterwards with them is Monroe coming in and watching Rachel build this so-called amplifier. And Tom Neville is so crafty in his craft (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's got skills i couldn't think of the good um analogy there so he's just crafting he really knows and kind of read into that rachel is being dishonest there so we have monroe bring in dr jeffy who we saw from the previous episode and now jeffy is cooperating now that it's his kid in line why is he because they still have his daughter i assume they still have his daughter i was gonna say i assume they still have his daughter because he Mm -hmm. he obviously was pretty beaten up in the face um, but I, I think that, that that's probably what it is. They have this daughter still, so. Yeah, so, I mean, we see once the tables have turned, Dr. Jaffe is actually even more willing to help than Rachel was because Rachel was more resilient than he was. She did kind of break down when Danny was put in the line, but she's now building a bomb, it turns out. So yeah. Dr. Jaffe inspects it. It is a bomb, and not only just a bomb, it's a sophisticated time bomb. Yeah. Rachel, where did you get these skills again? Wow. I I mean, I was kind of on Danny's side, and I was wondering this whole time, like, why is she building this from Monroe? Like, like she said, she was, they could kill thousands of people once she was done building this. And I kept on questioning why she was doing this. And finally, we get to realize that she was, in fact, building a time bomb and not an amplifier. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, like, it was that whole idea of she turned in Dr. Jaffe because of Danny. So she was just taking it further because maybe Monroe was still threatening to kill Danny if she didn't. That's sort of what I took it as. But she's pretty crafty there. And I like guest 355's comment about the pendant is basically the one ring to rule them all. Oh. Except for that there's 12. (laughs) <laughs> but it's basically the one ring to rule them all, but 12. So I thought that was pretty funny, but it kind of is. Cause I, and this kind of brings me to also other movie pop culture references, Iron Man. There, There's a great quote in Iron Man, which is the winning, the nation that's in power is the nation that has the best weapons. Mm-hmm. And that kind of rings true here in this show. So and he wants to have the best weapons, and this is going to power his rockets. It's going to power his military. It's going to power his helicopters once he has the amplifier. So... We get that now this great conversation, this great exchange where Monroe is saying, oh, you know what, Rachel, we don't really need you anymore (laughs) since you're going to build this time bomb. So uh, we're just going to use Dr. Jaffe. We're going to kill you and your son. So... Rachel straight up jabs Dr. Jaffe. <laughs> was, I was da- not expecting that. With a screwdriver. Yeah. Awesome. Kills him. Right in the chest. That was probably my... Right in the heart. Oh, that's true. The heart. Probably I my think. favorite moment of revolution thus far in the yeah, entire season. Yeah, I love that moment. That was a great moment. But she all, is so badass. She's badass, but in all reality, wouldn't Dr. Jeffy been better off by just... Like going along with her building this yeah. bomb and letting it explode, and then he would have a better chance of leaving with his daughter, I think, than turning her in. He's clearly a dumbass. I mean, he maybe he was afraid that they knew it was a bomb, so if he didn't cooperate, he would get caught. Because yeah. I mean, maybe like if you look at it, I mean, how many people 
how many different types of bombs can you make? I mean, I guess, like, why are you putting explosives and corrosion powder in the amplifier? Oh, you know, you need uranium for um, <laughs> for extending the range. I mean, I guess at some point it'd be pretty obvious when she's putting gunpowder and things like right. that yeah. inside of right. an amplifier. Right. So maybe that was why. But I did love her great line, which was, now you need me. Now you, now need, you me. need me. Great line by Rachel. It was. Such a great line that I wrote titties next to it because that's how good it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't Let's know. I guess you guys have never heard that expression before. Nope. Okay, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> I like it, though. It's okay. It works for me. <laughs> I used it. No, no. I dropped it. Um, so, guys, so that's sort of the whole B storyline there. And, uh, I'm going to bef- use that. Every girl cool. in this room right now looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyways, I'm going to go on to the next storyline. And before I do, I want to mention that, guys, we do appreciate your support in any way possible. Whether that being going to iTunes, go to YouTube, comment and rate us positive or negative. We just want your feedback so we can make the show better for you guys. Or you could go to the live chat. And we got people on right now. Chat with us and we will definitely read your comments on the show and try to interact with you guys while we're doing it. So let's go on then to the start of the episode, which is Nora protesting as Colonel Starkey is beating the crap out of Miles. So he's... Gain the crap eating out of him because the colonel just does not trust him, even though he's basically turned himself in, I'd presume, and Nora's vouching for him, but he doesn't trust him because he was a retiring commanding officer. Uh, what, did, what did you guys think about this exchange? Do you think that he was right in doing what he was doing and, and then right in the decision he came to? I, I think he was right. I mean, I thought that scene was pretty good, but I, I think I personally think he was right in that, that full decision. I mean... I don't know. It, it was it was weird at the beginning. I was trying to figure it all out, like what exactly he was he was intending to do. But I think overall it was fine. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> you <laughs> no didn't like comment. the scene. No comment. <laughs> what does that mean? I I just don't. Um, who? I don't remember the exact scene you're referring to. It was the introductory scene of the whole episode where Miles is sitting in a chair. And he's trying to convince one of them and, whether they should go along. Yeah, well, he's trying to convince them that he's trustworthy, he's trustworthy. and mm-hmm. the colonel just doesn't trust him because he was a commanding officer of the militia. Right. And well, they're in the rebel camp. Well, the rebels, I mean, they've been trying to get to Monroe this entire time, so it makes complete sense that they would believe him. He was the commanding officer, so of course they should go along with him. But it seems like, you know, the rebels obviously have traitors among themselves, as we see in this episode. So it's every man for himself, in my mind. I mean, the rebels, it's only a matter of time until the people in the militia all become rebels. I mean, is uh, Miles not considered a rebel since he's no longer with the militia? I mean, I feel like you're either with the militia or you're a rebel. I guess it's the point, because he was such a high commanding officer, we've seen throughout the season that people just will not forgive him for that. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact that he's no longer with the militia, right. the fact that he started it, he was the, a commanding officer, they won't let it go. Yeah. No matter what his intentions may be. And I guess they're still he's having legend. trouble to trust, tr- trouble finding um, the ability to trust him. But we then get Miles saying, let's just say I'm telling you the truth, how do you pass that up? And that's kind of the line that gets them to change their mind. Or is it? What convinces them. So right afterwards, they pull out, and Miles is drinking heavily, and Charlie wants him to take it easy, and Miles kind of, we get this different side of Miles, where he's telling her that the odds are we're going to die tomorrow, 
and he's worried about what will happen when he has to go face-to-face with Monroe. Doesn't explain it, just heads out. He, it was weird because he, it's almost like he expected her to know what happened. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go face-to-face with my friend Monroe. Like, <laughs> it was kind like of he was looking at her yeah. to like figure it out. It was kind of a weird, weird exchange for me. But I guess he was drunk, so. Right. I mean, I think, like, yeah, he was drunk, but I think it was just him just sort of talking and trying to just let it out. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of finally breaking down. It wasn't necessarily that he figured she would understand him. He was just kind of venting, in a sense, and letting mm-hmm. out his worries. Right. Which is a different side of what we have seen from him from the other episodes. It's like he's definitely starting to reveal more and more to Charlie. Right. It seems like he's been becoming the child and she's been becoming the parent. Almost like they've been switching sides the past couple episodes as they get closer to Philadelphia. Yeah. So after after the scene, they finally um, start going to Philly and heading in. And... We find out that there's 30-foot walls all around Philly, so they have to go underneath and go into a mine to get through and get there. And I believe there were about four men with them. There's the the, um, the sergeant who is with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember his name, but we have the sergeant who's with them, and then Ashley and a couple other people from the whole re- rebellion crew, right. from the rebels right. who are going to help them out in the mines. And we get the exchange where the sergeant's explaining why he was on Miles' side, where he's saying that he used to be a gambler, and he learned to always play the bot odds. Best case, he gets Monroe. Worst case scenario, it's a trap, and he can kill Miles Matheson. So that is his explanation right. Right. for why he went along with everything. So Charlie then wants to, is talking with Nora, and Nora's explained to Charlie this whole interaction we were talking about that didn't make sense to Charlie where Miles apparently tried to assassinate Monroe before, which I don't think we knew that. He actually mm-hmm. tried to assassinate right. him before, just that he'd left. And he um, apparently this is really affecting him because it was a good friend. So she's sort of explaining to us more, more so to us than we really knew before. Yeah, and apparently he was there with the gun and just couldn't pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Yeah. yeah. And then Charlie... Pretty much steps on a mine. <laughs> so right after that. Yeah. So Charlie steps on a mine, and good thing that we have our explosives expert with us. Nora. Rachel. Oh, Nora. Nora. Yeah. We have multiple explosives experts now. <laughs> so we have Nora there, and there's the mine, and Nora goes to try and t- take care of the mine. Yeah. And she offers, she tells everyone to get away while she does it just in case she's wrong, and Miles and Aaron both decide to stay, which, you know what, I, I get that you want to believe in Nora, but at that point, it's like, I'd be like, you know what, you take care of it, if after you take care of it, I'll come back. Well, I, I was thinking they should have at least gotten a head start, because yeah. there was a small opening, and they're all running together out there. I'm like, you guys get a head start, so she can, like, jump and, and have free reign to run as fast as she can, but, like, when you're following in a group of people, it's often hard to go as fast as you can. Right. I think I would have put a little bit of distance between myself exactly. and Charlie yeah. at that moment. I wouldn't have stood that yeah. close. Like... Although, apparently, there, I mean, there were multiple mines, and technically, I think mines have a range. It's not just if you step on them. Right. I think there's a range there's to a them. Range. So, and if you run through, that seems like a bad idea to me. But right. they did it. And wouldn't one mine then trigger the other, the other ones? ones? There's not just one there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're all in this pretty straight line too. Yeah. But you know, I mean, Nora ends up taking care of it. She uses her Swiss Army knife to take she care does. of it. Apparently, a handy tool. 
But it didn't really work because there was, was another mine under a mine. Yeah. So. Right. But, I mean, it, it worked well enough that they were able to get away yeah. mm-hmm. as mines were continuously exploding behind him, them. <laughs> right. So it worked well enough. And then there was a cave-in. And I honestly thought when the cave-in came that it was going to trap the other group behind them. Yeah, I thought they were going to separate it at first. And it appeared that they were separated, but then we realized that they were all still together. But it yeah. did seem like they had got separated when, when the explosive... Yeah, so I sort of had a moment there of like, whoa, okay, I guess the cave-in... At at the time, I didn't think the cave-in did much, but I guess it did. We later find out after seeing (laughs) alligators. Yeah, take some air. So Anacondas. We were hoping for an anaconda. And straight from the movie Anaconda, one of the hugest, hugest ones ever. An ice cube And then Jennifer Lopez would appear out of nowhere. (laughs) It would be crazy. It would be great. Totally crazy. So let's let's then go ahead and talk about the fact that because of this... As in a future scene, Aaron explains, the cave-in has caused them to run out of oxygen. They start hallucinating from lack of air, a lack of oxygen going to their brain. Let's, let's go on and go ahead and talk about their various hallucinations. So the first one that we see is Miles seeing a scout. And that's kind of the first mm-hmm. warning sign that mm-hmm. we get, which leads to a dead end. I saw the scout, too. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah, I did, too. <laughs> But then, yeah. I, Lack I just, of oxygen here in the AfterBuzz studios, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I've, I saw a lot of things that episode. Like, then I saw Nora's leg get all bloody. I saw that. I was seeing things, too. <laughs> so that, I like that. How, what did you guys think about the hallucinations? Well, I said in the room I thought it was going to be a crocodile, so I was I was, ex- I was like, You yes. were right. I was like, ex- all right, some lizard or something. Right, yeah. you're excited your prediction was correct. <laughs> yeah, and then, womp, womp. And then it wasn't. So it turns out they were hallucinating, yeah. and that was when they realized when multiple them, multiple ones are seeing things. Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of awesome if it turned out it was like a giant militia trap where people walk in there, it sets off some hallucinogenic gas. That's what I thought. Straight too. up scarecrow from Batman style. Yes. And then they all go crazy and kill each other. It was weird though because it seemed like everyone's hallucinogen was kind of whatever the hallucination they had was something that they wanted, like your dreams. Like you dream about what you want, what you fear you want, and your desires. Yeah. And which was kind of what we got from Miles eventually dreaming about what his thoughts were and yeah. also uh, Charlie. But why and and Aaron as well? But why did Nora hallucinate about an alligator? <laughs> she must have well, some deep, deep rooted fears. Yeah, but I mean, hers was the only one that didn't exactly make sense, other than the fact that they were in water. Well, I mean, I guess the first thing that Miles saw before, I guess they had even less That's oxygen, true. was that scout. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine th- as oxygen gets further and further depleted, the hallucinogen hallucinations they're seeing are getting more and more extreme. Yeah. So mm-hmm. sort of that uh, so counter balance going on there. But let's go ahead and jump on that first hallucination you brought up, which was Miles' hallucination that we get, where he's hallucinating as Cashmere plays, that he's walking in to talk to Monroe. He asks if he's hallucinating. Monroe says, yes. Yes, you are hallucinating. <laughs> and he kind of has this inner monologue with himself, essentially, mm-hmm. because Monroe is himself, about was it worth it le- leaving the militia. And you're seeing that Miles really has doubts about... If it was worth leaving the militia, he kind of wants back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't I get that. Yeah, I, didn't, I never saw that coming. But I'm, I'm thinking also that maybe it's just one of his deep-rooted fears. Like maybe he's feeling that overall, once he goes through all these travels to go get Danny, that deep down inside, it's he does still have this connection with Monroe. Oh, and, we have a caller. All right. All right. Is it Casey from Ohio? Did he call last week? Yes, he did. Oh, I'm going to put my bet on Casey. Hello, Casey. Are you what on the- up? Hey, hey, what is happening? Good to hear from you again. 
Casey, it is really late for you on the East Coast. Man, what are yeah, you doing up this late? <laughs> yeah. Are you I'll up just to watch? Oh, really? Are you up just to watch After Buzz TV right now? I am. Thank nice. you, Casey. Good, we Good man. <laughs> so what, what were your thoughts? Did you have any questions or thoughts on the scene? Uh, what particular scene? On the scene of Miles having the hallucination that maybe we find out he sort of wants back in the militia. What did you think about that? Oh, yeah, I thought that was uh, really interesting. Uh, definitely because I don't think uh, at this moment Miles has what it takes to actually go against Monroe. I think he talks the talk, but I think when it comes down to the moment, I don't think he'll be ready to, um, you know, take him down. I mean, that's, what, that's how I feel, at least. You, you don't he think so? That he, he still has a soft spot for him. You know, they're friends before the blackout, and, you know, they've known each other for a long time, so, yeah. So you think Monroe is way more ruthless than, than Miles will ever be? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I also believe that, you know, he sees him as a brother, so it's kind of like, you know, no matter how bad he is, he's going to always, you know, have that side where he wants to, like, bring him to justice. I feel like he'll want to bring Monroe to see the lights, um, pun intended, but I don't know right. if he's ever going to, you know. So it's kind of like killing your own family member, in a sense, for Monroe. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. then I guess when it comes to the the day or the, the end of the day, is he going to choose? It might have to come between Charlie or Monroe, and is he going to have to choose, and what will he choose when it comes to that decision? I honestly yeah. think he'll probably pretend to be on Monroe's side again. He'll probably play into it and make the audience believe that he's going back to the militia, but at the end of the day, yeah, I think he's going to find a way to get in there and destruct what Monroe has constructed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that I, I think so too. And plus, I think that he he still has deep down resentment towards Monroe with certain things as well. I mean, he's he's basically that's the reason his brother's killed. He's done all these evil things with Danny and Rachel. So yeah, I mean, we also found out he did say there's too much blood. So clearly, blood. he did really disagree yeah. with Monroe. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't have left yeah. in the first place. But Casey, thank you so much for calling. Call again next week for the finale of the yeah, of the uh, not the season, but the finale of before our break. Yep. So yeah, it, it's kind of Charlie then that ends up bringing Miles out of it and telling Miles and trying to saying like, "Hey, I need you. We need you. Snap out of it." it it's so Charlie is kind of like now the strong one who's bringing mm-hmm. Miles back, and it's kind of a reversal of roles there. They definitely are. So. Let's then talk about Aaron with Nora and everything going on with Aaron's hallucination. And Priscilla, his wife. Yeah, with Priscilla there Who creepily. Who like the grudge. Yes. That was really creepy. Yeah, was, creepily it was, it was walking was behind like the grudge. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not surprised by Aaron's hallucination just because of the fact that we know that Aaron still feels guilty about leaving his wife. I mean, we've seen it in, the la- you know, in a couple episodes. Um and as he should, as he should, as he should. And I, and I think we've seen that transition of him where <laughs> yeah. he was a lot more wimpy, especially during that time period when, when everything first happened. And then even the way he was kind of at the beginning of the season to where he is now, where he's starting to kind of get into his own as a slight warrior, I'll say. Um, yeah. So I, I, I 
was not surprised that it was his wife who was the major part of his hallucination. I agree. And then she's kind of taunting him, and again, in his own mind, but taunting him, why couldn't you be strong for me? Right. You're being strong for Charlie. Why couldn't you do it for me? You broke my heart. And what do you guys think? Why couldn't he be strong for her? Why did it take, you know, Charlie to change him? I mean, I guess it was maybe he kind of had to grow and change and adapt to the environment. So I think it was just something where he was so used to his comfortable life, being the smart one and like not having to worry about anything. And he just hadn't fully adapted yet at that point. And I think he he just grew as a person and he re-evolved, as you would say, Kristen. (laughs) But he kind of had to readapt and it didn't happen immediately for him. It's something that sort of just took time. And sometimes things take time like that. I think it's about learning from your mistakes because I know when I uh, sometimes run into people and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I should have got their email address when I ran into them. And then I'm like, next time, email address. I'm definitely going to get it from them right away. So it's like I feel like you have to make the mistake, regret that mistake, and then it's going to be planted in your head that you're not going to do that again. So clearly he's learned from this mistake and he regrets it. So you don't need to ask next time. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There's the email address. (laughs) I was like, what just happened right now? (laughs) Um, so the McCosley did not write his email address just so. so the McCosley asked if we noticed that I mean this is true Aaron looked as the McCosley on the live chat mentioned Aaron looked really scared the entire time through the entire episode the entire yeah. episode, Aaron. Well, also, yeah. he's he just could, like looked horrified the whole did. time. He did, but he also, you know, I think they focused on the point that he couldn't breathe. As yeah, well. he, lo- he looked right. something he's like this. I drew this picture. Wow. <laughs> so he also had like a like a walrus mouth going on there, or like a cat mouth. This mouth. is Aaron. He has a big heart. Yes. But. So great. <laughs> yeah, for, for but he was it's spot on. He was scared the whole time. Spot on. And he is theoretically the one who's the most out of shape out of that group. Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter, you know. So the the other kind of interesting thing with Aaron was, um, I I guess to me, was the first time he sees something. We didn't know what it was. I didn't see what it was. He's just kind of looking off. So I like that reveal that what would be the most horrifying thing for him, in a sense, is seeing that. Like, that's the one thing that truly would affect him. And then Do you guys think that he ever will see Priscilla again? I mean, I feel like we have to. I, I think so. I think so. I think so. I think that'll be something that happens next season. Or after or the, next, I after mean, the hiatus. I don't know. Maybe it'll happen in the last episode. Maybe she's actually part of the militia now. Maybe. I just feel like why include her this episode if there's, we're not going to get a conclusion to that story. That's true. That's true. Right. I, I totally agree. I yeah. think she has, she's definitely going to be coming back at some point and haunting him in real life. There you go. So it's Nora that then ends up bringing him out of his hallucination. So before we get to the climax of the episode, I do want to mention that, Daryl, you do an after blog for us. You want to I talk do. about that real brief? Well, if you go to AfterBuzzTV.com, there's a section for the after blogs, and you can read my weekly recap and uh, my opinions on what the previous night's episode was for Revolution. It goes up every Tuesday, so definitely go to AfterBuzzTV.com, look under the Revolution After Blogs, and you can read up on what I have to say about tonight's episode tomorrow. This guy (laughs) right here. This guy right here. Doing so much work. That's a lot of work. Not only do you do this, then you write about it. So, Good job. Pat on the back for you, you, sir. Yes. I'm I'm revolution for life, life, baby. He is doing it. Yes. So let's get to the climax. So the first thing. My favorite part. Wow. (laughs) As the air conditioner comes on, because it just got right in here. Okay, so 
the, the first thing that we see is Miles' door did not work. What he thought was the one opening in the one door, it's been bricked and and shielded shielded off. So it's actually the sergeant who sort of leads the way forward for them to mm-hmm. find, which I didn't even think of at first, but it was the sergeant looking back on it who led them forward to the next door. So the sergeant leads them on. And as they bust in through a door that looks like it has bullet holes in it for some reason, a it looks like it's a service tunnel, it turns out the sergeant is part of the militia. Yep. Huge twist there. Yeah. And that this time, this one I didn't see coming. I did not see it coming as well. And he kills everybody from the rebellion. Every rebel. They're all dead. Yeah, Every single one dead. of them. So we don't get any new characters, really. They all just died right there. He kills them all. I was fine with Even that. poor Ashley, who I liked Ashley because she was the little cross. He didn't kill her at first. Oh, at first, you're right. Yes. You're after. Right. But Ashley after. comes after with a bow. We yeah. find out she's a good aim with it. She's great. She's about to shoot. Nope, gets shot first. So he's a good aim, <laughs> well, too. What was funny is we got, like, one line from her when she was talking to Aaron. And she was like, so why are you fighting for Monroe? And I'm fighting for Monroe because my father didn't want me to live in a country where I was scared to grow up in. And he's like, oh, I didn't even realize I was fighting against Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, but here's my thing. I okay, mean, for so- Aaron, though, it's just a quest to find a friend, really. He wasn't thinking about the fight. Yeah, no, but, like, we he got to... kind of fell into it. We got to learn, like, a moment about Ashley before her death. Right. Her ultimate death, so... But then I, I'd raise this question, too, with Nora. When they were trying to break through the door that had the bullet holes in it, what about her explosives? Right. She always has those things handy, and this particular time she doesn't have anything? And apparently mm-hmm. she forgot she was didn't have enough oxygen. Shouldn't she yeah. always have like some type of explosive I would on say her? So. It was probably also poo-poo water that they were going through uh, as right, well. Exactly. So it was like the a double, water. double there. The poo-poo water. So I want to, <laughs> I do want to say that in the chat, they're kind of cracking me up. I, apparently the McCosley says she saw it coming. She Right when she saw the actor, she knew that he would be bad. And Cal Rackin chimed in and agreed saying that apparently this actor is always a bad character mm. in TV shows. Always. Mm. So he's, Pretty much typecasted, I guess. So guess if you so. knew that, then you knew he was going to be bad. I didn't realize. So he doesn't have a kind face. Not a pleasant face. No, but normally, like the people who are the bad guys, they don't have a kind face. Right. They normally look evil, just naturally. Yeah, sometimes I don't know. You want them uh, to sometimes. be like twisted, though, where you think they're well, good, they think and they're then it turns out. Kind of, okay, yeah. but if a guy has a pretty boy face, you're not going to cast him as like the psychopath. Or you would to have, because that would be the point. That'd be awesome. Maybe it just doesn't happen. Like the hottest guy is normal. They're the ones who are the usually psychopath. the psychopaths. I don't know. They don't have a whole lot of trouble with that pretty face, do they, Dave? What are you <laughs> trying to say? Like, What's going I'm just on? playing. <laughs> are you? Uh, so, <laughs> so let's. That's my sound effect. That was an interesting... I don't know what that sound effect was. I don't know was. what that was supposed to It was like a squeaky allude. sound effect. <laughs> so, but we get this awesome scene where finally we get a badass moment from Charlie where Charlie shoots the guy who's trying to drag. Because his idea is he wants to take in uh, Miles to Monroe. So that was his whole plan was to double cross them. And he'd been being a rat this entire time and being a mold the entire time. But it was worth it to take Miles in. Charlie straight up shoots him with the crossbow. Finally! Finally, Charlie, we see you using the crossbow. I don't know where she brought it out of. It wasn't in that backpack. I was pleased, though. I was very pleased. It was a nice shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. That was a pretty huge crossbow. Convenient, I guess. (laughs) Conveniently located. Maybe maybe it folds. (laughs) Maybe I didn't notice. It (laughs) It It folds in half. Maybe it was like a longer hip and I just didn't notice the whole time. I I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. But... Aaron Watch our base is it. trying to throw out that I'm a serial killer because I'm a pretty boy. And that might be what I was alluding to. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. So, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. 
<laughs> so, um, at, at this moment, after she shoots him with a crossbow, he doesn't die immediately, shoots her in, at, at her head. And she had a flask. And she had a flask that <laughs> saved her, a hip flask, just like Aaron. Oh, boy. On the side of her head. And she, she, he falls over and cracks her head hard really on a hard. metal pipe. A, and that was like an ooh yeah, that's moment. A bad, that's a bad day. And we get to see Ben. Yes. Ben Tim made Guinea. this. Tim Guinea. Shout out. So we Shout get Tim. Tim Guinea back. And I wonder if this is the scene he was filming when he was back in. Was maybe the mm-hmm. scene when he's back um, filming last time you chatted with him. For sure. But... Um, man, that, that was a hard crack and leads us to our final hallucination. Yes. So Ben is kind of there being a good father her, to her, sort of, but telling her, close your eyes. Just close your eyes and rest. everything will be okay and rest. And you get that cross of hearing Miles' voice saying, open your eyes. Yeah. But it's sort of, Miles is basically telling her to rest and just essentially die. Yes. So Miles is being the bad voice here, like, in, in a way. You mean Ben, her father. Yes. It's being the bad voice. Well, we kind of discussed that we thought, you know, this might be, at one point she was like, was I dreaming? Was this all a dream? Me going to get Danny? Yeah. You dying? Was this all a dream? And we were like, is this Dorothy, Wizard of Oz? Right. Are they yeah. really going to pull this? I mean, we didn't believe that they'd really pull this. We knew that she was probably hallucinating. But at the same time, we were like, if they did pull that, that would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty ballsy. I was hoping they did, and then they would go on another quest to find... And then right immediately, Ben would get shot, and they'd go on another quest to find Danny, and then that would be a hallucination, and it would be an infinite loop of hallucinations that just repeat (laughs) over and over and over again. I I I thought it was cool that, you know, the kind of the... Her in between worlds are between her dad and her uncle, you know. So mm-hmm. it's the correlation between the two. I thought was kind of cool to have Ben in one scene who's trying to drag her into that world, and then Miles in the other scene who's trying to bring her back. Yeah. But if that was like a limbo state, then that's kind of saying that like your dream state um, is your everlasting life. And she was back with her father, yeah. and it was dinner time, and she was back in her home, and she was supposed to go get Maggie and Danny. But at that, if that was her happy place wouldn't her mother be there yeah instead of maggie i I mean i guess i would take it as like she was she was dying and she was in her mind so Mm -hmm. it's in her mind's eye of like back to how things were because i mean she the past 10 years of her life were with her out her mother but she was in her mind's eye and if she did close her eyes she would have died and gone on to whatever lies afterwards but i think this was just an in between Mm -hmm. in her mind what her mind brought her to but i thought the bullet really actually got her i didn't think that it just grazed her side of her face yeah i actually i thought it was like it hit her in the shoulder Mm -hmm, or something i thought so too so and i thought when we saw that guy i didn't recognize it was ben i thought it was some guy like cleaning her wound when she first woke up yeah but it turns out as Nora points out that it, it did just graze her head and we see Miles really upset about this so Miles is really upset about Charlie and everything and as Charlie does finally come back Char- Miles starts tearing up about it so I, I think that kind of brings me to my point what we were talking about earlier if he has to choose between Monroe or Charlie if it comes to that point it seems he does truly care about Charlie right? as okay. we find here Yeah, and they 
they kind of, and it's Charlie's resolve too that wakes her up too. Her resolve to find Danny. She's so resolved to find Danny, and that's her whole thing that we've seen throughout the episodes of like, I need to find Danny. I need to protect my brother that she had when she was a little kid. That ever since her mom told her, Rachel told her, look after your little brother. Yeah, I mean, this she's whole, resolved. The whole this whole season's quest was to get Danny. He was taken episode one, and we have been on the quest to get Danny. But it's interesting. I feel like we haven't seen him in the last couple. Of episode no yeah. he uh <laughs> yeah, is eating well he's eating well and hanging out <laughs> yeah with he's just leaving well yeah this is this does bring us to another episode without he's danny this is a yeah. couple in yeah. a row now without yeah. danny and what happened to grace <laughs> and randall well we saw grace and randall last week last so week I figured we probably but... wouldn't get him this week yeah so the mccosley kind of points out that on the live chat that miles looked really lost because it seems like charlie has sort of become his mission and as we we saw in another episode, Nora talking about, or I think it was it wasn't Nora, but Maggie talking about. It was Maggie. Before she died, she was talking about Charlie being someone that she could live for, not just living for herself, but being the person she could live for. It, that kind of does bring up that maybe Charlie has become for Miles a reason. He's living for Charlie. He's finding a reason to do what he does, and it's for Charlie. And do you right. also feel like there's some guilt that's there too, with oh, his yeah. brother dying, and you know. Her not being around, losing everyone virtually. I mean, don't you think that that's also a It all thing? comes down to him. Yeah. You know? It's just, he might feel it's his fault that all he this He kind of needs to, to fix yeah. that everything that he's created. Yeah. Everything, yeah, because that is his creation. <laughs> it's his creation. Yeah. So after, after that moment, we do get Charlie um, coming and... She tells and kind of tells Miles, like, hey, you saved me. I heard you calling out for me. And she tells him that it was him. It was really him that brought her back. And and we did see that she heard him. And I also do want to point out that rebels aren't very good at fighting is what I found out. They don't have the militia training, apparently, because every rebel has died, I think. Except for Nora. Well, except for Nora, but in all these scenes, the rebels always seem to die. In this scene, every rebel is dead again. Except for the children's crusade. Oh, yeah, but they're not really part of the rebels, though. (laughs) So the Peter Pan Guild are okay. (laughs) The Ewoks? The Ewoks, yes, the hairless Ewoks are okay. And I like the quote that we get at the end, which we'll end on, which is Charlie asking Miles, you ready to do this? Miles responds, not really, but... What the hell, huh? <laughs> yeah. And they go out and leave the... And they take the training the wheels Philly. off their bike. <laughs> yeah, so they... <laughs> so they are ready to go. So that sort of ended and concluded our episode. So it looks like next episode is going to be everything coming down and happening. Mm-hmm. So with that said, Daryl, do you want to bring up some news and gossip? Sure. After Buzz TV yeah. News. Well, we are finding out that we have one more episode left of Revolution, which will take place next week. And after that, it will not return back to NBC until March 25th. So they are taking a slight hiatus. (laughs) So that's the official date, though, March 25th. March 25th is the official date, and that's off of NBC.com if you want to find out a little bit more about that and uh, what they're planning to replace it with January through March. So. Uh, the other thing is, and you mentioned this earlier, Dave, and we kind of played a selection from it. Tonight's music or tonight's show featured music from Led Zeppelin. Um, according to IMDb.com, tonight's episode of Revolution featured two songs: the 1970s jam "Since I've Been Losing You," loving, just, loving you, excuse me, just in case you want to go buy it, and 1975 uh, "Cashmere." Um, so if you want to go pick those up, it's part of a Celebration Day album that they're promoting that they actually featured tonight after the episode aired. 
So cool. Led Zeppelin, tons of fun to play if you get play guitar. Exactly. It's one of the most fun bands to play on guitar. But man, there's some songs I really love that they didn't play that I think would have been better track selections. Oh well. They're probably voila. just selecting the ones off that particular CD. That's true. That's a good point. So uh, let's talk about some of the comments then that we got. So from iTunes, we had Haley Porter commenting. Thank you so much. And on YouTube, we had Mikhail Cosley, Couch Pudding Potter, oh, Cub like 21 that. Rack, oh, Couch Pudding, awesome, <laughs> and Jaff J commenting. Cub 21 Rack said, as there seems to be a medallion in Texas, as we mentioned last week, could it mean Nora's dad is possibly alive in Texas and has the medallion, potentially leading to a difficult decision for Nora or Mia needing to sell out their dad if he has it, or selling out somebody because their dad has a pendant? Do you think that would be kind of a cool twist for them to do? After last week's episode, I definitely think that there are some more things that they're going to reveal about Nora's dad, for sure. I don't think they went through that entire storyline with Nora and Mia mm-hmm. without having to feature that in some future episode. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. There was I, no conclusion there. Yeah. I definitely do want to see him come back, and I, I think that he's got a point there. Right? I mean, what a twist that would be if it turns out their father is one of the people who has the medallion. Yeah. Why not? And how weird would it be that apparently this group that's come together, everybody somehow has a medallion. Yeah. That'd be kind of ironic in a way. But so Couch Pudding Potter thinks we should uh, come <laughs> up with a Couch Pudding I'd, Potter. It sounds good. I think. <laughs> so he thinks, I'm, I'm calling it a he, I don't know, but he thinks we should call <laughs> Nate, come up with some sort of name for Nate slash Jason, because I always do refer to them as Nate slash Jason, which by the way, we Jason. didn't see them this episode, Nate. but he was suggesting Nason or Jate. Jate. Nason or Jate. I like Nason. I like Nason. How about Jate Nason? Jate Nason? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Jate Nason. It's like, Jate Nason. What do you it's the, how about the Jate Nation? Yes. It's the, the Jade Nation. Nation. I'll take that. Uh, so you, what do you guys, now that we're talking about him, do you guys think that he'll go to California? Or do you guys think he'll become a rebel before he goes to California? Well, he's not going, right? As of yeah. last week, that's what... Oh, that's right. Now he doesn't yeah, have to going. go, right? He doesn't have to go. Yeah, he's not going, so... Because of Julia and the information that she revealed Julia to... Julia Gulia. ...to her man, I still Neville. think he's going to jump ships and become a rebel, because I felt like it was kind of foreshadowed in last week's episode whenever they called out the other commander's son who had become a rebel. Yeah. And clearly he doesn't even want to be part of the militia. I think he's going to become a rebel, but... Uh, Tom is going to be there to try and stop them. There's going to be a conflict there as Tom tries to stop them because Tom knows if he does, they're all dead. Mm-hmm. And then down the line, Tom's going to join him and become a rebel as well. Yeah. That is my That's your prediction. prediction I, on that. I think that Tom is going to be instrumental in helping Danny somehow escape. Yeah. So let's then go on to Mikkel Cosley, who noted that on last week's episode... When Strausser heard movement in the woods, if you guys remember that, the whole moment with Strausser in the woods, he hears the movement, he immediately went for his knife instead of his gun, which was sort of telling of his character because he's the one who's the artiste with knives. And So I I thought that was kind of a cool notice, and I didn't notice that, so I I kind of did want to mention that. I I like that Mikkel Costley brought that up, so I wanted to share with everybody that point. Did we ever get to see his art, though, with his knife? Not. I hope we do. And there's literally going to be an exhibit in the in the militia. There's an exhibit of just like cut up bodies, like as long as they say "go back" right. for you, Daryl. But like that would be funny if there's like an art exhibit. Real weird stuff going on there. So the McCosley on the live chat says that she is so upset that there was no Jason in this episode, 
and she's excited to see the whole Jason Charlie thing going on again. Yep, we it's need, probably we need one of the biggest romance. reasons she watches the show, and I think we're going to get to see that for sure. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. So, with that said, let's go on to some after buzz predictions. Oh, and now your after buzz TV prediction. I kind of missed TV on that point on saying that. Oh, that's okay. So. It looks like next week, everything goes down, and there's the huge climax we've all been waiting for. Monroe's going to get the pendants and that powers. We saw some helicopters there. Maybe it sounded like he's offering to take Miles back in exchange for keeping everybody safe. Yeah. And there's going to be a whole lot of fighting going on. What did you guys, What do you guys think is going to happen next week? Well, I think if it comes down to, like he said, hey, I'll let your family go if I get you back. I mean, of course, Miles will say yes to that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, he's not going to always stay true to that. I think, yes, he'll come back to the militia for a while, only long enough to till he can take over again. Yeah. And I think that Tom, Tom Neville, he knows that, you know, it's going in the wrong direction. Even he discussed with his wife last week that, yeah. you know, he should be the one in command. And I, and I think that Miles would agree with that if, you know, he shows the right side of his heart. And we finally get to see the uh, Charlie and Danny reunite, thank God. Finally. Yeah. We're, we're no longer <laughs> looking for <laughs> Danny next week. Do you guys think that Grace is going to be in next week's episode? I, I was just going to say, better be. I think next week they're going to have a lot more storyline with Grace and mm-hmm. Rando and, and, and kind of concluding where they were last week uh, yeah. at the end of, of that episode. So Yeah, I think that's a great prediction, Chris, and I do think that I agree with you. I think that Miles is going to end up choosing to stay with the militia, mm-hmm. but more so to keep everybody safe and then later on double-cross them or change things up and be on the inside, in a sense. And I wonder also, I do want to see what's going to happen with Charlie's tattoo she now has, the militia tattoo. Right. And if maybe next week that will help her get in a little bit because she she can just pull and be like, I'm part of the militia. And do you guys think that she will get to see her mother alive? Like, is Danny going to tell her our mother's alive? How do you (laughs) tell someone that, the dead mother that they thought that I mean, apparently they're going to cry and start hugging each other. And then it'll cut to another scene so we never have to have that awkward interaction. Right. Probably. Because we never really yeah. found out really more about Danny and his interaction with Rachel. We didn't get to see how he truly mm-hmm. felt except for being annoyed with her. Yeah. We just saw him at like the the breakfast table the next morning, I think, after they met. Yeah. So w- what do you guys think about the whole pendant thing, though? What, what do you think we're going to see with that? What are you guys' predictions? Because we didn't get to talk to you last week, Kristen, because you were busy. You weren't able to be here. But what do you, what do you think about the pendants now that we know the locations and the secret of grace in her whole area that she's at with Randall. I mean, we don't know how many seasons Revolution will have, so I guess that's kind of dependent on how far they stretch the pendants, because once we find them all, I mean, we can put them all together, and that's kind of the end of the show. So it's like, I think we're going to continue on this goose hunt, you know, one way, finding the next pendant until the seasons are no more, and then, you know, at the end of the run, we're going to... Finally have the conclusion, conclusion. Exactly. But, I mean, how does he... I guess they do build an amplifier next week if there's helicopters. I guess he somehow... I mean, Rachel was saying, I'll do it, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So I guess Rachel does end up doing it because we see the helicopters there. Do you guys think that Charlie will have a problem with leaving Miles if he does decide to stay? Because he's kind of become her father figure at this point. She definitely will. Yeah, I I think she'll have trouble. But I think she'll feel double-crossed and betrayed. Mm -hmm. But she will leave with Danny. But she'll just feel betrayed. I think Nora's going to also leave with Charlie, and Charlie and Nora are going to leave and 
feel betrayed by him and not know what his true intentions are going to be. Yeah, I think it goes back. I think Nora will leave with Charlie, and then she's going to push her off to find her dad. There's got to be a big cliffhanger, though, that we, we yeah, end on. definitely. And Cal Rock- Rackin kind of points out that Neville's wife reminded him of Rachel a lot, how they both do whatever is necessary to protect their family. The women are so strong in this show. I really like that. Straight up shooting Bulls fans who drive wagons around or wheel around wagons of yeah. food. Seems to be the theme in a lot of shows. That is the theme. I'd say the just basically women. shooting guys with wagons. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that that concludes it for this week's episode, guys. We can't wait to, for the final of the... The climax. It almost feels like a season finale in a way it to does. me because yeah. there's such a huge climax I coming next week. I guess a mid-season finale next week. So join us. We are excited, so definitely join us before the hiatus or during the hiatus where while you can't wait for more. And guys, once again, I'm Dave Klein. You can find me on Twitter at TheDaveKlein. That's K-L-E-I-N. Or go to my website, DJK-Online.com. I'm Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and you can follow me on Twitter at Cinematic Escape. Or you can Bing Cinematic Escape and check out my blog. I'm Dario Christen. You can find me under my name, D-E-R-R-I-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-T-O-N. Or you can go to AfterBuzzTV.com. Go to AfterBlogs and check out the Revolution blog there, and my information's there as well. <laughs> and guys, also make sure to check out Kristen Carroll's Twitter, at TheFan2C. That's F-A-N-T-O-S-E-E. She couldn't make it here tonight because she was at the Bears game. That's right. Sad, sad, <laughs> sad <laughs> game. But she will be back next week for the midseason finale. So we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, hairless Ewoks. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.